Um, we are, this is the sixth shiur now on Masachet Kiddushin, and we're leapfrogging ahead to something that we'll get to in a couple days in the daf, and that is a sugya on revolving around the first Mishnah in the third parak, which we're going to start the uh, day after tomorrow. Um, but um, obviously our hearts, our minds, our focus, our attention are all in Israel. Uh, those of us who have relatives, loved ones, good friends who are who are in harm's way. And right now we have to be concerned that everybody is, um, you know, so it's all, it's all uh, a very upsetting picture. And when asked, what can we do? So there's a lot of things that we can do. There's a rally tomorrow afternoon at the federal building. That's important. There's davening. That's important. There's a Tillam gathering tonight at Beth Jacob at 730. That's important. It's important for us to get together. I saw a very powerful picture uh, on right right after Yontif ended, where I was in Denver on Sunday night, because a week, two weeks earlier, uh, as you may know, there was a attempt of a gathering at Dizengoff Square to have some public tefillah for Yom Kippur, and it became very contentious. And it was a very unpleasant picture watching Jew versus Jew around the issue of davening in the public square. And on Shabbat, there was already, or Shabbat or Sunday, there was already a lot of the same people from both sides coming together to pack boxes uh, for the residents of the South and for the soldiers. And um, that is what brings us together. And that is, you know, the beauty of Am Yisrael. And of course, the challenge is to take that same sense of striving for unity and working together and have it carry us past the crisis uh, into regular life. Then, you know, there obviously will be a lot of introspection and finger pointing and everything else is going to go on when we're past this. But in the meantime, we have to hold tight. So our learning is what we can do and we asked what we what can we do here so we can join the public uh, rallies and we can get together and say tehillim and we can do some introspection and see what we can do in our lives to improve our connection with kal yisrael with our kodesh baruch Hu, and we can learn torah right uh, some some of us can pick up a gun and some of us can uh can enter the the operating room and and help people live and we can study torah that's also a contribution so Let's dedicate our efforts to strengthening our chayalim and chayalot uh, and everybody, especially the citizens of the South. Amen. The, Amen. the Mishnah, thank you, the Mishnah at the beginning of the third parak says the following, and this is the, the kind of jumping off point for us. Ha'omer l'chavero, plonit So a guy says to another fellow, uh, go and be Makadish a girl for me, He's, ostensibly making him a shaliach, and the guy goes, and he likes the girl, so he does it to himself, it's valid. Valid, meaning the guy who took her for himself, that's valid kiddushin, and the Gemara comments on him, but the guy's a jerk, etc. Okay. V'chein omer li'isha. This is, we're going to get close to our point. A guy says to a woman, I'm giving you the kiddushin now, and they'll take effect in 30 days. It's unclear why he's doing this, but that's what he says. She accepts it, Another guy swoops in during the 30 days and gives her straight up Kiddushan. The Kiddushan are valid with the second guy. Because the first guy sort of left a big gap and this guy snuck in in the middle of the gap and gave her Kiddushan. And by the time the 30 days comes and the first guy's Kiddushan come to take effect, 
they have nowhere to take effect because she's already Mikudesha to, to, to the interloper, if you will. And it, the Kiddushin are so certain to that second guy that bite Yisrael according to Chabat Let's let's say she's a bite Yisrael, and the first guy was a Yisrael or whatever a Levi, and the second guy was a Kohen. It's such secure uh, kiddushin that she can eat truma. That's the kind of the litmus test. Now, If on the other hand the guy says, "I'm being makadish you now in thirty days," meaning kiddushin in thirty days will be retroactive to now. And another guy shows up during the 30 days and gives her straight up Kiddushin. We have essentially Safek Kiddushin. As Machloka in the Gemara, we'll see it in the in our DAF study, whether the Safek is forever or the Safek is just till the 30 days, uh, meaning is the, are the Kiddushin valid with the second guy or the first guy, and therefore Bat Kohen Lisrael or Lotochal Truma. If she's a Bat Kohen and the, the the guy was uh, a Yisrael, she can't eat truma, meaning we consider the Kiddushin to perhaps be valid. In another version of the Mishnah, the one that's printed in our Gemara, this is Kaufman, in the version of the Mishnah printed in the Gemara, it says, Bat Yisrael Lekoin, Ubat Koin Yisrael, meaning either direction, she can't eat truma. Okay, good. Now, um, the other sources on this page are sources we're going to reference back because they're all part of the sugya we're going to deal with. And this is the sugya that that was all background. This is the sugya we're going to deal with because this is the methodological issue we're going to we're going to tug with, and it's going to be both um, about language as we deal with in skills. It's also going to be about concept, uh, and it's also going to be about transmission. All three of those big methodological topics are going to come up. Here we go. Remember, we said that if the in the middle clause, if a guy gives a kiddushin, what we'll call delayed kiddushin. That's how I titled the paper, delayed kiddushin, kiddushin mushin. All right, a guy says, "I'm giving you kiddushin now," and they take place in thirty days. So we said, if another guy comes in in the middle and gives a kiddushin, the kiddushin of the second guy work. All right, if and the the clear assumption here is that if nobody intervenes then the Kiddushin are valid, right? Okay, I mean, in 30 days, they take place. But let's say nobody did intervene, and during the 30 days, she turns to the guy and says, I lost interest. Mahu, meaning, is that valid? Remember, 30 days ago, or 15 days ago, whatever, the guy came up to her and said, she smiled, she accepted the ring, whatever it might have been, and... They uh, had a Kiddushin that were on the track to Kiddushin, shall we say. And now on day 20, she turns around and says, you know what, forget it. Can she do that? So let's examine both poles of that before we get to the middle. Pole number one, a guy comes up to a girl and says, and she says, no. What's the impact? No. No Kiddushin. A guy comes up to a girl and says, and she says yes and accepts the ring. It's immediate Kedushin. And a week later says, I've lost, I've lost interest. What's the thing? Again, she needs a get. Again, the Kedushin are valid. You can't turn around and say, ah, 10 days ago, I'm taking it back. Doesn't work. But here we've got a middle case where the guy gave her the ring today. We'll make it October 1st. Gave her the ring October 1st and said, 
October 31st comes in, she shows up with a mask celebrating Halloween and says, uh, and and uh, the Kiddushim would be valid. But she shows up today, which is October 9th, and says, I lost interest. Does that work? Rabbi Yochanan Amar Choseret. What's Rabbi Yochanan's position? What, what is she able to do? Walk out. Is that right? Right. She can retract it. And and now, ate dibor umavatel dibor. Right? Meaning, dibor speech can come and cancel speech. In other words, when she accepted Kiddushin, how do we know she accepted Kiddushin? Well, she did. Well, she, the, the, she did. She didn't take. Okay, but it was, it was, she, she didn't, Kiddushin didn't take effect. Correct. But what did she say when the guy gave her the ring? She okay. said either yes or her silence was acquiescence. And now her, her saying, forget about it, can cancel out the yes. In other words, speech can cancel speech. That's the claim. I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you why I'm saying that's the claim, and that, that's not his claim. I'll, say, I'll tell you in a minute. Reish Lakish Amar Enachoseret. What's Reish Lakish's position? Um, that she can't. She can't. She, she can't. Why? Speech can't cancel speech. Now, let me explain, and with the color coding also. What did Rabbi Yochanan actually say? And it's not clear. Meaning, if you're sitting there and listening to Rabbi Yochanan talk, how many words do you hear him say when asked this question? Four words. Either Choseret or also Ate Exactly. Either he'd said Choseret, and Rashalki said, oh. in which case, who's saying the words or the ones in the blue and green, respectively, highlight that are bold and underlined? Who's saying that? Between the lines, commentary. The, the Gemara, right. Hmm. Okay. Now, the other possibility is that Rabbi Yochanan said, because and Rashalki said, because. Why do I suspect that Rabbi Yochanan Shalakish didn't say that? I, don't tell me because of the color coding, because I'm the one who did the color coding. So, <laughs> and why do I suspect Rabbi Yochanan Shalakish did not say those four or five word formulae? Because he didn't need to once he said, Right. So why do I not think that Rabbi and Rabbi Yochanan each gave conceptual support for their position? So the one very simple answer is, I mean, I'm asking you to kind of look into my head. That's a little unfair. But one one simple piece is, what is the language that Rabbi Yochanan presents halachot in, just like everybody else in the world? Hebrew. Always Hebrew. Choseret and a choseret. What is the line that's highlighted? What language is it? Aramaic. Aramaic. Ate dibor vatel dibor. Lo ate dibor vatel dibor. Ate is an Aramaic word. So we have reason to suspect that that's added in. And that sounds like a very trite issue, but it's not, as we will see. Now, let's take a look at what happens. And for this, you really got to keep the balls in the air. Rabbi Yochanan, now Eteve means he challenged Rishlakish. Okay, now, remember, what was Rabbi Yochanan's position? She can change her mind. And Rishlakish said she can't change her mind. So Rabbi Yochanan um, quotes a Mishnah. So let's look at that Mishnah right now 
at source three. Okay, you see, this is a Mishnah in Masachat Trumot. Okay, I sent Bill to go take Truma from my uh, silo. Right now, remember, remember what we learned. If Bill goes into my silo without asking my permission and try, thinks he's doing a big favor and separates Truma, it is not Truma, not valid. So now I send Bill. I said, Bill, go take Truma from my silo. And while Bill is on the way, I say to other people around, you know what? I'm canceling that agency. I forgot I already took Truma. Right? Or Bill's going to take too much. Or whatever reason, I cancel it. Aim Trumato Truma. Meaning, Truma is no good. But if Bill already took Truma, then it's too late. That, that second part is easy. And both the whole the whole Mishnah is very reasonable. But what is Rabbi Yochanan getting from that Mishnah? That I told Bill to go, and then while Bill was on the way, I also said, and maybe he didn't hear me, but I said, I'm canceling the Shlichut, which means I made a commitment, and then before the commitment became actualized, I canceled the commitment, and it worked. My cancellation worked. Doesn't that look like a good model for us? Now, he quotes the Mishnah, and that I put in blue, and now the Gemara comments, Here you see, my original statement to Bill was Dibor, and my cancellation was Dibor, speech canceled speech. So right now, it really should be, Rosh is finished. This is a, this is a great Slam dunk proof for Yochanan that when you make a commitment via speech, until the commitment becomes actualized, you can cancel it with speech. Right, undo it with speech. Exactly. Good word. So the Gemara then defends Rish Lakish and says, Shane Netinat Maot Liad Isha, the Chimasedam. Right, which means that when the guy gave the girl the ring or the pruta or whatever it is. 20 days ago, that's like an action. It really is an action. Her words can't undo an action. Words can undo words. Words can't undo an action. But now, do you see why I think that Rejshakish and Yochanan aren't having this discussion? Meaning, they're having the discussion, and Rav Yochanan is bringing a challenge, and Rejshakish is right now doesn't have an answer and the Gemara is filling in the, the discussion let me show you why in the original presentation what was Rish Lakish's argument in the green highlight words don't undo words words can't undo words right she said yes she can't just say no she'd have to do an action to undo it here, Rishlokish seems to pivot and say, okay, words can undo words, but words can undo an action, and giving her the money is an action. Which means that Rishlokish is changing his tune, unless it's not Rishlokish, unless it's us trying to shift and kind of anticipate how Rishlokish could have answered this if he were around. Okay, here we go. Eitivet. Now this one you probably remember, because we just did Gitin, but we'll take a look at it again in Source 4. 
Um, this is why, by the way, when you study a sugya like this, and this sugya involves about three mishnayot, a tosefta, and a critical pasuk and midrash, you really got to look at these things first and see them in their context before you see how they're brought in. Because remember, the chachamim who used them knew their context and knew what was going on. Just to clarify, sure. uh, did not um, uh, Reish Lakesh say that uh, you simply that she she simply can't retract? Wasn't it the Gemara that said speech can't nullify speech? That's what I think. That's what I think. So it, it, it seems like more of a Gomorrah dispute right. than anything else. Right. But oh. it's not exactly a Gomorrah dispute because what it is, it's a reconstruction. And this is what happens all the time. Rabbi Yochanan said the halacha. She could change her mind. Rishlakish said a halacha. Can't change her mind. And then Rabbi Yochanan and Rishlakish challenged each other to try to demonstrate their position being the more accurate one uh, the more uh, the more substantiated one based on other halachot. So Rabbi Yochanan brought a challenge from the rule of Truma. Right? Now, if we're just sitting there in Tveria watching this happen, Rabbi Yochanan says to Rish Lakish, Bitel bitel truma. That's it. And then he comes up with another challenge because evidently Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Shalakish is not convinced. Right? And then we have Rishlokish challenging Rabbi Yochanan. In other words, what I'm what I'm suggesting is that the only part that really happened in the Beit Midrash with the two of them was the blue part, meaning the quotes of the Mishnayot. Mm -hmm. And the analysis happening later because what are the Chachamim and the Beit Midrash doing that make up the Gemara? They're trying to reconstruct what likely was going on in their discussion. But they're not saying that they say those words. It's just saying that's kind of what the impact of bringing that source was. And what you see here is that after Rabbi Yochanan's first challenge to Rishlakish, he shifted his position. He said, okay, I'll grant you that speech can cancel speech. But Kiddushin, there was more than speech because he gave her something and she accepted it. And that changed everything. Okay, then Rishlakish should have said, Okay, Dibur is Mavatal Dibur, but Dibur is not Mavatal Masa. But he doesn't understand. So, so what I'm suggesting is that the actual conversation from Yochanan and Shlokish is shorter than this. And the expansion is happening hundreds of years later in the Beit Midrash as we're now positioning ourselves for each, uh, for each, uh, for each side. Right? Does that answer your question, Kurt? Mm -hmm. Okay. And it, this is, I know, again, it sounds very technical, but if you think about it, when we learn Gemara, this is one of the most helpful things around when you can start realizing who actually said what in a, in a, in a dispute. Okay, so here we go. The next Mishnah that's quoted is, again, this Mishnah from Gitin. So a guy sends a Shaliach with a get. And he catches up to the Shaliach on the road. He sends another shaliach to catch up with him. And says to the shaliach, or his shaliach says to the shaliach, the get that I gave you is can canceling that get. It works. Now, that seems to be a good proof that speech cancels speech. Here, give her the get. Oh, I'll take it back. That works. And what these things have, what this has, is even closer to our cases, 
is that um, sending Bill to my silo to take Truma, he's doing me a favor. But giving the girl the ring is already, forget about the issue of action, is already sealing the commitment. And all we need to do now is wait 30 days and it'll come in. We don't do anything more. But Set isn't giving the, the ring, tantam uh, isn't um, delivering the get to the wife tantamount to giving the ring to the girl? Ooh, you already jumped ahead. Thank you. Oh, okay. Great. No, no. You, you, it's great. You're, you're thinking like the more. Perfect. So I'm going to go one step back. I'm going to be a little dumber than that. And then we'll get smarter. All right. Okay. Which is that um, that um, the in the first case, when I sent Bill, so I asked Bill to do me a favor. And then I said, okay, Bill, forget it. I don't want you to do me the favor. The favor is canceled. That's easy. But when I gave the guy the get, really all I had to do was sit back and let things take their own action, the course of action, and it would be done. So I'm sort of intervening in a process that's on its on its way. And so therefore, that's, and the fact that I can stop it seems to support the idea that I could also stop this potential condition from taking place. She can by saying, forget it. Right? And so but now... Could, what? But couldn't she say, I'm, I'm out. I don't want to do this. Here's your ring back. That's exactly, that's connection. What, that's exactly what they're disagreeing about. Uh, okay. Exactly the disagreement. But After it, she accepted it, while they we're waiting for these 30 days to pass and the Kiddushin to come home to roost, can she turn around and say, well, I'm not Mikudashit yet, so I'm backing out. And here's your basically, reason. Can she basically derail the train is what we're asking. Right? So now, Rabbi Yochanan brings a proof from this Mishnah in Gitin. And the analysis of it, in other words, what the, the Chachamir is saying is, Here's what Rabbi Yochanan was trying to get across. And again, I've put in orange all of the formula words that show up all over the place. And they're making an analogy, which is giving the get to the shaliach is like giving the money to the woman, meaning there's an action. And it says that it gets canceled. All right? How does the, how do the Chachamim defend exactly what Kurt said. I would take more time with this, but you're already on it. Until the point that she gets the get, that's just speech. In other words, until the get, it's not, when you put the ring, give her the ring, that's the entire action. And now I'm going to go back to the, the sort of imagery that I gave you before. When you give the girl the ring, and say the Kiddushin take place in 30 days, what do you need to do during those 30 days to make Kiddushin happen? Oh, just wait? Nothing, right. Nothing. What does anybody else have to do to make Kiddushin happen? Nothing. You could both go to sleep for 30 days, wake up, and you're married. That's it. You could be in a coma for 30 days, whatever. Right? What about the, what about the get? First of all, let's go back to the simple one. What about the truma? What has to happen after I told Bill to go take truma for truma to happen? Has to take the truma. Bill has to go take truma. <laughs> nothing's happened yet. That's nothing. Okay. What about the case of the get? Has to be delivered. It has to be delivered. <laughs> we don't say that if I told the shaliach go give a get to, to the wife, and that we say 
okay, she's divorced and, you know, it takes two weeks to get to New York, so in two weeks she's divorced. No, we don't say that. We say that until she gets in her hand, she's not married. And that's what the, not divorced. And that's what the Gemara now uses to defend Rish Lakish. Right? Which means, at this point, now we're going to get to the most fun example of this whole thing. But one of the things I just want to underscore here is that you notice that we have brought a proof, and it's nothing new, but it's something I just kind of constantly stress how integrated the system of halacha is on a conceptual level. And that is, we have brought a proof from the world of truma, from the world of get, and now we're going to bring a proof from the world of tumat kelim to help set, settle an issue about kedushin. And that is, again, the conceptual interrelatedness of all of halacha, the integration of all of halacha. All right, here we go. So well, it's, it's, it's assuming that we can find uh, analogies that are apt. Correct? Right. Yeah. Good. So, good. So let's pick up on that. What do we need to do to find an analogy that's apt? We need to get to the concept underneath the law. Right, and the concept underneath the law is something that really starts with Amorae Bavel and really, really gets going with Rava. Really, in the fourth century, it's really where you start to see the the formulation of conceptual um, aphorisms, almost that then become um, sort of like the the guiding light. Let me give an example of this because Rava's colleague, of course, is Abaye. And Abaye does something uh, on a fairly regular basis. We, we had an example of this just a couple of days ago. Abaye does something on a fairly regular basis where he, um, he identifies the concept behind a particular position, and then he will identify other Chachamim who have that same concept in wildly disparate areas of law. So let me give you an example of it right now, a famous example from Sanhedrin Daftalad. Um, in Sanhedrin, at the beginning of Sanhedrin, there is a, the diun at the beginning is about how big a beitin has to be, and a beitin for Egla Rufa, Machloka, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yehuda, five or seven, and there's a diun there about how we read the text of the Torah. Meaning, when we read, we see, and we did a, a dive on this a long time ago, when you read the text of the Torah, and you see that a word is written a certain way, but the tradition has us reading it in a, reading it vocally in a different way. Which gives the more which reading has the more credence, more weight, the way it's read or the way it's written? Yesh aim le mikra, yesh aim le masoret. Masoret is the way it's read. Mikra is the way it's writ, read, meaning written on the text. And um, we have, for instance, the position of Rabbi Shimon, who says that you need four walls for a sukkah. Because the Torah says, Basukot Teshru Shivat Yamim, Kol Haizrach Israel Yishru Basukot. The word Sukot shows up three times in those two Psukim, and Sukot is plural. So one of the Psukim is there for itself, and the other two are two plural. Two plus two is four. And then Halach Lomashvisinai says the fourth one can be small. Okay, it can be a, a minimal. Right? Which means Rabbi Shimon says the way that we look at the Pasuk, the way we interpret the pasuk is the way that it's vocalized, sukkot. Chachamim say, no, we give more credence to the way it's written in the text. 
If you look in the text, you'll read, see that Sukkot is written without a vav. Samechath Tav, twice, which could be then read Sukkot, singular, and the other time it's plural. So one of them is for itself, and then you have a singular and a plural gives you three. So you need three walls for a sukkah. And Halacha Moshev Sinai says one of them can be short, so it's two walls and a shbidjan. And that's the Halacha, right? We all know that. So Abayah comes along and says, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Shimon Shizuri and Beit Shammai and Rabbi Yishmael, the whole long list of Chachamim, all hold Yesh Aim Lemasoret, meaning that the way that the word is vocalized is drives the drives the interpretation. And he has examples from the how many corners of the Mizbeach you have to put the Dham of the Chatat on, how many boxes of tefillin there are in your head, on your head, how many walls in a sukkah, and several other sources that are all over the place. Because what's happened is he's defined a conceptual driver for each of these positions and said, oh, they all have the same conceptual approach. And But you're right, Kurt, that you have to start by finding an analogy. And to get to the analogy, you have to find the concept. Before you get to the concept, what you have is, this is Kiddushin, and that's Gittin, and that's Truma, and this is Kalim, and they have nothing to do with each other. I, mean, I hope that clarifies. Yeah, great. And that's something that happens all the time in the Gemara when you start really with the fourth generation. Um, I mean, it, it, it doesn't, not that it doesn't exist before, but it's really explicated much clear, much more clearly uh, by the students of Yosef and Rabba. Okay, so now, Rishlakish also got a proof. Rishlakish is a brilliant man. And if he has a position that the woman can't change her mind, it must be anchored in something. Here's his proof. Get ready for this. Now, quick pre quick preface. Um, I have a bowl. The bowl is, uh, I'll, I'll say, I'll make it easy right now. The bowl is made of, of a metal. I have a metal bowl. Okay. Um, and I, uh, I made it myself and I, uh, I buffed it and I actually painted it and I sanded it and I painted it again and I put some, you know, sealant on it and it was done. Now. I have that bowl in my house and a dead rat crawl a rat crawls into it and dies. So besides the fact that ugh, what what else do I have going on? Sorry, those are warnings from the uh from the uh Israel Defense Forces. Just keep it on the phone. Um what what's the what 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 have I got? Tame. What my bowl is tame, right? Why is mm -hmm. my bowl okay? Because my bowl is a proper clee and it had contact with the dead sheriffs. So I have to obviously clean it out, but I also then have to take it to the mikvah and that night it becomes tahor. To my therapy. Now what happens if on the other hand I'm making a metal bowl and I'm halfway through making the metal bowl and I didn't finish it. it you know, the instructions say let it sit for 24 hours and then da-da-da and it's during those 24 hours and the rat crawls up and dies. Now what do I got? An unfinished bowl. And therefore? You wash it out. It's not Tamei. Uh -huh. It's not Tamei. For a Kli to become Tamei, it has to be a completed Kli. Now, the example I gave you, I gave you deliberately, which is I'm making a bowl, and I decided I want to add another layer of paint. All right, so now I'm going to add one more knitch to it. I'm making a metal bowl, 
and I add a layer of paint, and in my and, and I say, or I even think, I'm going to add one more layer after this, right? Which means right now, what's its status? Finished or not finished? Not finished. Not finished. <laughs> I then change my mind and say, you know what? I'm done. Is it Macabal tumor or not? Of course, yeah. So, depends. It's Macabal tumor because? You said it was finished. And because I said it was finished, right? Okay, mm -hmm. now let's flip it. Let's flip it, okay? I, I um, decide that I'm only going to put one layer of paint, right? And I put one layer of paint, and um, and it's done. And then afterwards, I think to myself, you know what? I'm going to put another layer of paint. And then the rat comes in and dies. See the problem? Mm -hmm. So let's take a look and let's let the Tosefta take us where we need to go. By the way, this Tosefta you could see here is a Tosefta in Kalim. It's right there in uh, Source 5, but we can just look at it right in the source. In the, uh, Still curious how we get to the relevant concept based on that analogy. Oh, exactly. That's yeah. what we're going to see right now. Yeah. Right? So, which means all kelim can enter the status of tuma, meaning of being vulnerable to tuma with intent. Right? So, I'm making a bowl and I'm figuring I'm going to put three layers of paint. And then, after one layer of paint, I look at it and I say, that's good enough. Right away, it's vulnerable to tuma. I didn't have to say anything, I just thought it. But they cannot extricate themselves from that status unless you do you actually do something. Like I um I had put one layer of paint on it and I thought that was enough. Then I changed my mind. I have to go in and actually either start painting it or scratch out something. I have to do something. All right. Now you're wondering, and Kurt's wondering, we're all wondering, what does this have to do with our case? So watch the analysis. Remember. Rabbi Reshlakish um, responded to Rabbi Yochanan. However, it's very possible the next two lines belong to Reshlakish because look at the language. This could be the later Chacham, it could be Reshlakish. But what is, what is the upshot of this? An action can undo an action. It can also undo a thought. A thought cannot do an act, undo a, an action or a thought. Meaning, if I said to myself that one layer is good enough for me, and then afterwards I decide I want more layers, the clea is still done because I decided one layer was enough, and my later thought to change it doesn't change it until I actually do something, which means that if we're going to equate thought with speech, meaning anything less than an action, then what we're going to end up with is that something of an equal status can't undo something of that status. You need something stronger to undo it. That's the concept he's getting here. All right. And now the analysis, and this is certainly later. And now we're going to get another Bishlama. Remember, by the way, when you see Bishlama, what will you know is going to show up later? What word will always show up if there's a bishlama? Ella, like Ella. Bishlama has got to be followed by an Ella. Bishlama means this works, but that one doesn't work. 
this makes sense. That one doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So, I understand why your thought can't undo an action. Now, watch what the Gemara did. It turned Dibur and Machshava kind of all into one thing. Speech can't undo an action. But your thought should be able to undo a thought. Right? Which, by the way, seems to maybe possibly prove her Shlokish's point. Which is, since she said yes, she can't now say no, because no is just as strong as the yes, and if it's on the same level, it can't undo it. Right? Does that make sense? Kurt, you're bothered. (laughs) Well, it's uh, it just seems to me it's one thing to have this issue of um, tame of a vessel yeah. and have thought apply to it and use that as an analogy for kedushin. It just right. Uh, uh, it, 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 I, I I'm not I'm not there with the con- with the congruent concepts yet. Okay, so what, remember, Rishlokish and Rabbi Yochanan seemingly only quoted Mishnayot to Breitot, right? Uh-huh. That's it. And in each case, what the Gemara did is said what they were trying to express here was a concept. Right. But the what the concept behind the Mishnah about Truma was, is that speech can cancel speech. So therefore, she's saying, forget about it, should cancel out her saying yes. And the comeback would be, well, not necessarily because she did more than just accept, say yes, she accepted a ring. Right. Okay, what about the get? There's already something physical in movement. Yeah, but it was physical movement, didn't get to her. Right. So they were going to say it's still speech, all right? Which means that at this point, we're positioning Rishlokish to say speech does cancel speech, but speech can't cancel something stronger than speech. And now Rishlokish is supporting that idea by saying, Look, if I have a cleat, we're going to say that intent and speech are all the same thing. The world is divided into action and less than action. That's all we got, right? Action is starting to paint it, scratching off paint, uh, breaking the pot, whatever. And speech and thought are just deciding or saying or whatever, right? Or I want to put more paint or not. So the halacha here is clear in the Mishnah, which is that a cleat can enter the world of Tumat Kelim, can be vulnerable to Tumah, all you have to do is think, if you're the artisan, think, I'm done. That's all you have to do. You were originally supposed to put three coats of paint. After two coats of paint, you look at it and say, it's done. It's done. And now the dead rat in the thing makes a tummy. But the flip doesn't work. If you originally intended to put two coats of paint, and after the two coats of paint, you looked at it and said, no, nah, it needs another one. It's already Tamei, and you can't undo that. Which seems to say that something of one level of intensity cannot undo a commitment made with that same level of intensity. You need something stronger. You need an action to undo a speech or an intent. You see that here? Kurt, do you see yeah, the- yeah, I think I see it. I, I, I think I'm still struggling with why the concept applied in one instance would necessarily 
apply in another instance. Oh, beautiful. That's, in a sense, in a nutshell, a major part of the enterprise of the Talmud Bavli. Because if you look at Mishnayot, you have very little interrelatedness in Mishnayot and in Brightot. Right. Right? You have a couple places. I'll give you an example. At the, at the beginning of Chulin, you have a Mishnah that talks about Shechita. And it points out that wherever Shechita is valid, uh, Malika is invalid. And wherever Malika is valid, Shechita is invalid. Because Malika is, you know, the what we would do in the, with the, uh, how do you call it, with the bird in the Beit HaMikdash, that's done on the back of the neck. So the whole front of the neck is valid. And for Shechita... And the whole back of the neck is valid for Malika. And so the way that the Mishnah phrases it is, right? Which means any spot on the neck I pick is either good, it's good for one and not good for the other. And then the Mishnah will bring all sorts of other examples of things which are that sort of yin and yang kind of relationship. But you find very little of that interconnectedness in the corpus of the Mishnah. Mm-hmm. The Gemara is all about that because part of what the Gemara is trying to do is to cut underneath the law and find out the underlying concept of the law with a, an abiding belief that the concepts are consistent. Right? And so in this, that's why I picked this discussion for today because it's, it's, it's just a great example of this. It's reaching from all over the place to identify concepts and line them up. And by the way, nobody at this says at this point says irrelevant. Nobody at this point says, eh, that's, that's nothing to do with us. Notice what we did. How did we defend against the, the, um, the, the truma proof? By saying, well, accepting the ring was more than just speech. And how do we defend against the, the get proof? By saying that until the get gets to her, it's still just speech, right? And we didn't challenge it by saying irrelevant. We said relevant, but your analogy is off by one. Okay, and we're going to do the same thing here. Now, Resh Lakish brings a proof from the laws of Kalim that, in order in, to put it into, into formulaic terms, in order to undo X, you need something stronger than X. So if something got defined by speech, you need more than speech to undefine it. How's that? And, and that's clear in Kaleem. And he says, and therefore our analysis is that um, that uh, what, Rishlokish is, what Rishlokish is really digging towards was you see that if a girl accepts the ring, her words, I accept it, I'm happy with this, or silence, cannot be undone by her saying, I don't want it anymore. Maybe she can undo it some other way, but not just by saying, I, I don't want it. That's And he seems to have a good proof from this. And again, nobody comes and says, Rastakish, you're out of bounds, you're talking about Tuma Vitara, who cares? Instead, watch the answer, watch the defense. And by the way, the defense, of course, means that we're still at a standstill. Because Rabbi Yochanan brought two proofs, and each one was defended, and now Rishlokish brings a proof. It's going to, there's going to be a defense. Watch here we go. Shani. Now the word Shani was a critical Shachavatari word. It means it's different, and it's a way of creating a disanalogy. Hmm. 
Right? We prove things by by and it's exactly what you're talking about, Kurt, by proving an analogy. By using where, where's the word? Oh, I see. Okay. So so by saying shani, it's different. Immediately says, Oh, your analogy is no good. Why is that? Shani machshava de tumah, the chimaasadami. Right? Which means when it comes to intent in the world of Tumah, intent as the power of action. Hmm. Now, you can't just make a statement like that. You got to back it up. So to back it up, we have to look at the Pasuk that we're talking about. Let's, um, it's Pasuk, it's source two, in the middle of the sugya of Tumat Ochlim in, in, uh, in Shmini. The Torah talks about what happens if you have food and a dead sherets falls on the food, it's Tameh. And what happens if the food is, is still on the ground? Substitute in the ground. The answer is it's not subject to Tuma. Until you've harvested, Tuma can't affect it. What happens if I harvested the food, I harvested a bunch of apples, and I put them directly into a crate, and um, I immediately moved them into a very protected silo so that they can't get wet or anything else. And then a dead sherets falls on them. What's the halacha? They're tame. not tame. They're not tame. Not tame. In order for food to become tame, and think about rechatz at the seder, in order for food to become tame, it has to have first had one of the seven liquids fall on it. And here's the pasuk. Pasuk talks about mayim, but halachically you have a tradition that applies to all seven liquids. You know the seven liquids, right? Yad, shachatam, yayin, dvash, um, uh, shemen, chalav, tal, um, dam, and mayim. Right? Yad, shachatam, it's a mnemonic. Right? Here's the pasuk. V'chiyutan mayim al-zera. Now, I remember I mentioned the Yishim Masorat earlier, but how we read a word. Look at the second word in the pasuk. What is it? What's the second word in that pasuk? Yutan. <laughs> Yutan. But if I just gave you the letters, Yaditav Nun, how would you read them? Yutan. Yutan. V'chi Yutan Mayim Alzera. If water is given, is ends up on seeds, and then one of the dead Shratzim falls on it, it's Tameh. Okay? Yutan. If water falls. Now, Rav Papa comes along with the following Midrash, which is unusual to have it be so late. And here we go. Rami literally means to throw, like but it means in Shakravataria language to demonstrate a contradiction. It can be with Psukim, with Mishnayot, with Memrot, doesn't matter. A Rumiya is a, because you're throwing two things against each other, they're contradiction, right? Tiv ki yitain, meaning the words, the way they're written, give us yitain, which means you put water, it was intentional. The Karin on Kiyutan. How do we actually read it? Kiyutan. And if the Balkriak read Kiyutan, you make him go back and read it again. It's not, it's not right. So Haketzad, how did Papa reconcile the reading and the and the writing? Kiyutan dumya de Kiyutan. Kiyutan, meaning if water does fall on it, it has to be similar to putting water on it. What does that mean? Ma Yitain de when you water something, it's because you want to water it, right? Correct? You want to water it. Af yutan So similarly, water falling on it has to be something you wanted. 
So let's go back to my creative apples. I harvest all creative apples. I live in Yakima, Washington. I harvest a whole crate of uh, Granny Smith apples, right? Straight from the tree, and I rush them into the silo because I want to keep them dry. And then it turns out that my idiot cousin who works there left the spigot on, and the whole thing got a little spritzed. I walked in, and I saw the apples have been watered. And my first reaction is, you idiot. God, I'm trying to keep it dry. Is the, is the, are the fruit subject to tuma? Why not? Because I didn't want them to get wet. But they got wet. <laughs> no, that's exactly what Papa's point. Why is kiyutan, which is passive, which means all I care about is that it actually got wet, written without a vav, to make it look like kiyiten, which is intentional, which means just like intentionally watering something is something you wanted, similarly, if it got wet, oh, it can only be if you were happy with it, something you wanted. So, for instance, the halacha is, if I take a bowl and put it on top of a wall, right? I'm putting a bowl on top of a wall, a bowl upside down on top of a wall, and I have a, a crate below peaches. And the result is that when it, when it rains, the rain, you know, uh, how do you call it, um, um, glances yeah. off the bowl and goes into the crate. So it depends. If I put the thing up there because I didn't want the inside of the bowl to get wet, then it's not tamay. But if I put it on, on the wall in order for it to wash it off, then it is tamay because I was interested in this water getting there. In other words, what's the big lesson of this whole long piece about kiyutan kiyutain? That intent, when it comes to the world of tuma, is as strong as action. That's the point. Shani Intent, when it comes to tuma, is equal to an action. Right? And now, what that means is that, and by the way, if you might remember that from the beginning of, our, of the second parak. Remember the beginning of the second parak? We were dealing with three sources for shlichut, get and korban pesach, and in the middle was truma. And remember we said, what makes truma unique is that truma can be taken with just intent. If you think that corner of the thing, that 2% over there is truma, it's truma without saying a word or circling it or tying it down. So there's some areas where intent is tantamount to action. That clearly can never be the case in anything interpersonal. That was the sugi we dealt with a few days ago about Dvarim Shibboleth. Remember the guy sold his house to make Aliyah and didn't say anything? Remember that? And then he came back and said, and I couldn't make Aliyah. It's too bad. That wasn't stipulated. Well, that's what I intended. It doesn't matter. He didn't say anything. And we had a whole bunch of cases with that. Right? So now, notice that I left a lot of space here because watch what happens. Rav Zvin Matni Lahashmata Aha. Which means, and again, about transmission. Everything we just read was one version of this disagreement. Rabbi Yochanan versus Rishlakish. We're disagreeing about our Mishnah. What happens if the nobody intervenes during the 30 days and takes her, swoops her off her feet? But she during the 30 days says, I changed my mind. Rabbi Yochanan says it works. Rabbi Shlakish says it doesn't work. Rabbi Yochanan brought two proofs against Rishlakish. Rishlakish brought one proof against Rabbi Yochanan. And then the Gemara defended each position against the challenges. And we ended up there. Rav Zvid matni laha shmata aha. Shmata, you see the word shmata, don't confuse it with a shmata. 
Eshmata means literally a report. By the way, you know a you know a word very well that comes from that, which is shmuz. What is shmuz? Shmuz is shmuot, shmusen, right? And a shmua means a report, something you hear. A shmata is a formal halachic teaching that's passed down orally. So Rav Zvid matni lahashmataha, meaning he learned this whole debate as being about something else. Again, showing you the conceptual interrelatedness. That this entire debate between Shlach and Rabbi Yochanan with the proofs they brought could have been about a different matter, which is the following. And I won't go back because I put the whole Mishnah in the beginning. Let's say that a woman says to a shaliach, you know, go find me a guy. Accept Kiddush from a guy. In the meantime, she went out and she found a guy. If she got Kiddushin first, her Kiddushin are valid and his are not. But if the other if the Shaliyah was first, her Kiddushin are no good. That's the Mishnah. And then somebody posed the question in the second version. What's the, let's say she didn't go out to find Kiddushin. And then she said, you know what, I'm not, I don't want that Shaliyah to find me a guy. And then he finds her a guy. So on October 1st, he says to a guy, go find me a guy. On October 10th, she says, you know what, I really don't want that guy to be out there finding me a husband. On October 20th, if he doesn't know about it, he does find her husband. Are the condition valid or not? Rabbi Yochan Mar Choseret. Now notice what happens here. I don't have to redo the whole thing. Rabbi Yochanan says she could change her mind. Rishlaki says she can't change her mind. And then the Gemara fills in because Rabbi Yochanan says her speech can cancel her speech. Rishlaki says her speech can't cancel her speech. Right? Now, in this version, what did Rabbi Yochanan do? Rabbi Yochanan challenged Rishlakish with the rule of Truma. Wasn't that first in our earlier version? Truma. But here, we can't go back to the defense that we had. Remember the defense we had for Truma before? Kedushin is different because he actually gave her something. That didn't happen in this second case. She just appointed a shaliach. So, so therefore, Rava says that, what are we talking about? You know what we're talking about in the case of Truma? It's not that the guy just, I said, I forget it, I'm not, I don't like Bill Shlichut. I actually snuck in and did the Truma before Bill got there. Right? Which means my action canceled out. That's how Rishlaki should defend it. My action canceled out the truma. That's why cancellation works. Which means in this second version, Rishlaki is holding fast to the position, Dibur can't cancel Dibur. Masa can cancel Dibur. Then, according to this, the second challenge was the one of Rishlaki with the Kalim. And the whole same exact back and forth. Right? And then the third one was Rabbi Yochanan's challenge with the get. Okay? Now, what we have here is the following. Rabbi Yochan Rishlakish had a disagreement about a woman being able to change her mind in the case of Kiddushin. According to one version, it was about our Mishnah, when there's delayed Kiddushin hanging out there, and during the intervening time, she says, I'm not interested. Rabbi Yochan said, yeah, she can do it. So she says, you can't. Rabbi Yochan brought a proof from Truma, challenged Defended, proud of proof from Gittin, defended, 
Rishakish brought a proof from Kalim, defended. Okay. Rabbi Zvid said the entire discussion was about a whole different case. A woman appoints a shaliach to go find her husband, and then while he's out there, she says, I'm not interested in Nishlichut anymore. He doesn't know about it. He accepts Kiddushin on her behalf. Are they valid or not? Rabbi Yochanan said they're not. She canceled it. Shlakish said, too bad. She appointed him, and that's it. So according to that, Rabbi Yochanan then brought a proof from the Truma, and then Rishlakish didn't say anything. But our defense of Rishlakish in this case is we're talking about a case where the Balabai himself went in and took Truma on his own. In other words, there's action. Like the woman accepting Kiddushin on her own while the Shaliach's out there. That certainly will knock him out. Then Rishlakish brought the proof from Kelim, and that, that's easy. It works the same way. Then Rabbi Yochanan, according to this, brought the proof from Get, and here's where we run into a log jam. It's great. It's so beautiful how this ties up. A guy sends a shaliach out to bring a get to his wife, and then he cancels the shaliach. Does the cancellation work? It works. Isn't this exactly like the case with Kiddushin, where the girl sent the guy out to get her Kiddushin, and then she canceled it? Mm -hmm. Therefore, we come up with Tiyufta, the Reshlokish Tiyufta. Reshlokish has been refuted. Absolutely. But if you think about it, Reshlokish was only refuted in the second case where the case was about a girl sending a shaliach to find her husband. Not in the first version of it, when a guy had given her a ring and said it'll kick in in 30 days. So now watch this very late addition. Remember I told you, everyone says it's very late. Hilchata, meaning when the sugya at the end tells you what the halacha is, which is not common. Hilchata bekamaita. The halacha Follows Rabbi Yochanan even in the first case. Even though you guys brought up a good point that maybe when he gave her the ring, that's really like an action. Still, it's essentially words, and her words of "I forget about it" can cancel out her words of "I accept it." Okay, um, so that's really the end of the sugya. There's a little. A little bit of tie, but we don't we don't need to. Oh, I'll show it to you. We'll take we'll steal five extra minutes if you don't mind. All right. So this is again very late because Kashya Hilchata Hilchata. We now have a challenge within the world of Psak. Meaning we've ruled like Rabbi Yochanan that Dibor cancels Dibor, and yet we have another ruling that seems to go against it. You may remember this from the fourth parak of Gittin when the guy cancels the Shaliach of the Get. Amar Rabbi Yochanan. You just said we rule like Rabbi Yochanan that Dibor can cancel Dibor. Those two words, Kaimalan, which show up all the time, mean means we hold. By the way, they don't show up so much in the Gemara, they show up a lot in the Rishonim. We hold. Kaimalan. Hilchatak Rav Nachman. About what? The question was, a guy gives a shaliach a get. He then cancels the shaliach. But then he has third thoughts, not second thoughts. He has now third thoughts and decides he wants to go through with it. Can he still use the get? Rav Nachman and his colleague Rav Sheshit disagreed. And Rav Nachman said that the fellow can use his get, which means... His cancellation wasn't a cancellation, was it? Yet still valid. 
Bekaimalan, what do we hold? So the Gemara very easily sidesteps the challenge. When a guy sends a shaliach with a get and he cancels the shaliach, what's he canceling? The get. I no, didn't think that was it. He's canceling the shlichut. Mm-hmm. You see the difference? Uh, saying the get's no good. He's so saying, you can reinstate the shlichut. Exactly. So Nihi de Batle Mitorat Shaliach, yes, he did cancel the Shaliach, Mitorat get lo batle. And then Nihi and Lo are also sisters often. Even though this is true, that's not true. He did cancel the, the Shaliach Shaliach, but he did not cancel the get. So suppose he said to the Shaliach, uh, forget it, I'm canceling, I'm canceling the get. It, I'm I, well. He says we don't know exactly what the word. It, the words may be get the But what's he effectively trying to do? Yeah, cancel the get. He, well, but what's what's he really? Would, well, he's got a get. He sends a shaliach, and what does he really want to say? Don't take it, right? Don't deliver. Right. It. Well, don't deliver it. So you're right, Bill. If the guy was to say. The get that I gave you, I am invalidating it, which I don't know if he has the power to do that. Right? Why not? He wrote it. Because a get is a get is a get, to quote Gertrude Stein. <laughs> right? You can't okay. just say it's invalid when it is really valid. <clears throat> right? But if I write it or I have somebody write it for yeah. me, I can cancel it before it's given. Oh, so what does canceling mean? What does canceling mean? Does canceling mean that I'm actually making a statement about the validity of the get, or I'm canceling my interest in having it delivered? And so that's how the Gemara ends up. And it says, what the guy has really done is to say, I don't want it delivered. He really can't cancel the get unless he identifies that there's something wrong with it, in which case it was never good. See what I'm saying? But I changed my mind. What does that change my mind mean? It means I don't want to give it. Think about this. I build a sukkah, right? And the sukkah is kosher. I, I'm, how many sukkahs do I go every year to check them out? Right? Sukkah is kosher. Can I turn around and say, now, I'm now declaring the sukkah to be puzzle? I can't. Can I say I don't want to live in the sukkah anymore? I can't. Can I say I'm going to take it down? I can't. But I can't declare something that's kosher to be puzzle just because I changed my mind. And that's exactly the Gemara's point. What the guy is doing effectively when he cancels, even if he says it's Batel, is what he's really saying is, I'm canceling the agency. But the get itself is still a valid get. Okay. We should hear Besoroto vote from, from Israel. And uh, give me one second here. And uh, and really, Mir Tashem, week by week, we should be mitchazek and Mir Tashem soon see a uh, a important uh, tide turn uh, for us